Hello darlings, Bunny Galore here, the queen of the cult movies, and welcome once more to our little show. You are checking into the Horror Motel, here where we have everything at your fingertips. We have the most delightful, cheesy, terrible, fabulous, horrific <laughs> horror movies you can think of, and that's just me darlings, but more importantly... <laughs> <laughs> and more importantly, I have the very beautiful, the very talented, and the iconic Alison June Smith with me. Hello, Alison. Oh, hello, my love. Well, I got to tell you, being able to work with you, the elegant, enchanting force with a voice like smooth <laughs> caramel, is an absolute joy. More of a Malteser, like I thought, but like, but yes. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yes. I've, yeah, do you like that voice? Like, I love caramel. it. I was listening to our last episode and I was like, mm. oh my God, I could listen to Bunny talk forever. <laughs> you just. Yeah, yeah. Well, smooth, I think it's partly, smooth. I unfortunately, I did have COVID a few weeks ago and then managed to get a cold straight after. And a lot of my friends have done the same thing. And it seems to be still on my chest. It's a bit like, you know, it, you know, it comes of age, isn't it? Or maybe that colds are, I think the, I think colds or flu things are coming back with a vengeance this uh, season. But finally, oh, yeah. the sun is out. We're in April now. It's a little bit more uh, better. You're still in Canada. You're still over there. So we're doing another international uh, satellite link up. Uh, and but weirdly, I forgot to say this last week actually because it had just happened. Is what oh. had you seen what happened in Manchester over the Easter weekend, which is a few weeks ago if you're listening to this podcast, but which was the the riot police being called out. I think it must have been the Opera House Theatre during the performance of the Bodyguard. Uh, so I worked for the Bodyguard <gasps> oh, many years ago. Yeah, yeah. Yes, yes. Uh, so it's because I think I've only. I've, it's come back into my mind the last couple of days because I've seen the video footage of it. Uh, so there's a big problem. I work on musicals as well, and I, you know, I, and I've well, been in several, but um, but uh, the trouble is with the jukebox musicals is things like <laughs> Sight the Bodyguard, or I guess uh, Mamma Mia has got a lot to answer for. Um, that. Uh, <laughs> But because of the big success of... So a jukebox music, if you don't know, is the type of show where you've got a back catalogue of an artist or a type of thing that is all uh, in one show. So Mamma Mia is a great example because that is ABBA. Uh, Bodyguard is all Whitney Houston stuff, own property stuff in the film uh, film itself, obviously. Uh, and what else is that? Like, there's been the Take That musical. There's... Um, there's even been the really weird one I remember was Desperate Seek and Susan, which is obviously the Madonna vehicle from the 80s, but they used all Blondie songs because I guess they couldn't afford the songs from Madonna. That is still <laughs> one of the strangest things I've ever seen in my life. Um, all the way up to um, Anne Juliet, which is, uh, all, but that's all songs of, of a composer. So at least that's all very different. It's not all the same artists. So, but the trouble is. Uh, you get a lot of people singing along. So with stuff like uh, Jersey Boys is another bad one lately. Uh, I was working oh, on that uh -huh. last year, and that was um, that had a, that has a lot of problems. So people start singing along in the audience, and they'd done an, an item. Bless Alison uh, Hammond uh, had done an item on this morning, the week before, a few days before this happened, saying kind of making light of it because I don't think she. Why would she know? Why would she know what's been going on? But you, you know, us in, in theatre industry, you kind of. Um, are very aware that suddenly it's become post-pandemic quite problematic with people singing along 
and she'd make this huge thing about oh you know I you know I'm going to sing Divine Gravity and uh, but I think she was just being funny about it. She wasn't being if she if she knew because she's done theatre herself and she's she was an actress originally. She wouldn't ever say those things. So I oh, know I will defend her on that. But it was bad timing because a few days later uh-huh. during the Bodyguard, someone you know and because it's a very quiet moment when you get to the end. I will always love you. Uh, and someone is literally catawalling along with the actress on stage. And it's not even, because it's not even like, you know, it's pumping music and it's it's raining men or something. It's, uh, you know, where you could probably sing along, no one's going to hear you. Um, but if you're singing along with, which is kind of done a cappella for the first few verses before the music kicks in, um, and then you get this video footage of people being, literally being dragged out and Good. I'm not sure they were the actual the girl, the woman in the pink jacket because it looks like the mother or something. I'm not sure they're the actual ones that were singing along because I've got a feeling the ones that were singing along were probably already dragged out by that point. But these are the ones who are either part of that group or something like that. And I just cannot believe the people's attitude post pandemic and etiquette. Um, and you know, particularly Manchester, I know it's it's like, it's a very big, vi- it's a city, it's a big, vibrant city, but I just cannot believe that. So it's probably just as well you're still in Canada, Alison. Because <laughs> I am... I... Oh, I am livid about this. I would... See, I think front of house staff should have tasers. I swear. I think you should stop serving alcohol in theatres. <laughs> and I think you should uh, and, and stop admitting people drunk to the theatre. And look, I've been tipsy in the theatre myself. But, in fact, I went to the podcast uh, live performance of Red Handed, which is a true crime podcast, and I was quite tipsy watching that show. But, what you know, what I didn't do was stand up on, you know, and started, you know, screaming and shouting. I did not do that. Yeah. You know, uh, I brought all the merchandise and probably paid too much for drinks and merchandise. That's what I did, like like (laughs) like one should. You know, ah, I get so... Now, obviously, in cabaret that I do and stand-up comedy that you do, we're probably a bit more used to an audience being a bit feistier, but we're still in control of the situation because we can break the fourth wall and we can go... You know, I, I, I'm, I am, pre- I am the nation's sweetheart, <laughs> but I, you know, I generally am quite friendly uh, persona. But you know, cross me on stage and you will get eviscerated. Um, uh-huh. uh, but very, 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 very rarely that happens. But uh, how do you deal with hecklers? Well, I tend to find that a, a lot of times it's not even hecklers. It's just people who, like, want to be a part of things or scream out. So first off, I have to find out what mm. what is happening. What is the noise? Yes. What Isn't is it noise? insult or are they just excited? Uh, because a lot of times it's drunk people who just can't control themselves. So I can mm. kind of guide that, right? Like, mm. a lot of times I can be like, oh, like, I've watched other comedians who go right in and they're like, Shut the fuck up. What are you? Doing? But what I like to do is kind of be like, oh, well, what was going on there? What was it? I like to see what was, you know, what exactly was said with that. Um, and then I go from there. Uh, nine times out of ten, you don't. Hecklers aren't like they used to be. You don't get a lot of guys or people that no. are like, shut the fuck up. You know, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's changed a lot. I feel like people are. Um, they're a bit better. So for me, what I try to do is kind of like mm. wrangle them in. It's kind of like, you know. Uh, find out who they are, figure out what was going on, bring them back in to whatever I was talking about. So I tend, or I do my teacher technique, which is where I just stop talking until everything goes quiet, and then I begin again. And I have done that. 
I have gotten quiet, stopped, and just looked at the person who's talking and waited and waited and waited. <laughs> and then when they look up, I go, you back? Back in the room? Back in the room? All right, everyone, we can carry on now. So I kind of like, I, I do do that sometimes. I like to single them out a little bit. But So that's how I deal with it. But I like you said, we can break that fourth wall. We can, we we can have can, control. Yes. Yeah. Oh, that's but just if you're reminded in a performance, me. You don't. We promised yeah. last week that I was going to tell a scary story. And the, and the reason, <gasps> the reason, and it links in, does link in, I have a segue, I have a segue, is because the reason <laughs> okay. I, I, I learnt how to control an audience is when I first moved to London in 1804, it was all trees, um, no, in the late <laughs> 90s, uh, I, one of the first things I ever did, uh, uh, still in the days of being an actor, this is not the Bunny Galore stuff so much, but I was working at the London Dungeon. Now, uh, the London Dungeon is a huge tourist attraction in London, obviously, where it's kind of, it was underneath London Bridge originally, now it's moved up towards um, the wheel, the, 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 the big wheelie thingy, county house, whatever it's called. Anyway. So, uh, but it's not a real dungeon. It is just a theme park. It comes from the 70s and I have <laughs> thousands of stories from it. And I did a few seasons there. So they had an actor's company there that you kind of, I think originally because um, there's a lot of push button shows, but they started breaking down. So the people that were kind of the dressed up um people that would heard the people through to the next room type of people suddenly had to start talking and it kind of organically grew from there so really it's what we call now immersive theater and there's a lot of those shows are on in town um you know peaky blinders is on, the, on at the moment i worked on the doctor who show uh, after the pandemic um not as an actor but as hair and makeup but uh and basically it's like immersive theaters because in those days you weren't given scripts you would now they have to very scripted but uh you were just kind of given stuff to improvise and you had this huge catacomb kind of you know there was a there was a route through it but it was much more organic the place so there were certain places in this in this place where it was used underneath london bridge it was used as a second world war um shelter uh, for people to shelter in and apparently a bomb had gone off there and a cave-in had happened and killed a lot of people now whether that's an urban myth I don't know but it had been told to me so many times for so many different people that it's like mm, can't stop believing it so at the very far end by Joiner Street there was the, the Jack the Ripper section which was creepy as hell obviously intentionally and I think at this particular time I was the only actor in that section because it was kind of getting to the end of the day and, but the good thing about the dungeon is that you could, you were never that scared there because you knew where every shadow was, you knew where every light source was. You know, if someone came in for maintenance and changed one light bulb, you'd be freaked out because suddenly it looked different. Or if they changed the sound effects, you would feel it creepy. So there's this one day where I was right at the end, um, uh, end of the day, so there's no one around. I was waiting for one of the last groups to come around. And suddenly, and this is the weirdest thing. I've never seen many things, but I cannot explain it. And I saw it. There was these dummies around uh, 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 like a mortician slab. So it's a doctor figure and probably his assistant figure. And there's you know one of the prostitutes. Uh, I think it's supposed to be Mary Jane Kelly. Uh, it's the final part of Jack the Ripper. Uh, but you could kind of walk across the back of the set. Uh, it's it, so kind of as if you're walking... Uh, underneath uh, a bridge section and you kind of have the characters in front of you and there's like a where the audience would stand no one's there obviously I walk along and I have got a long wig on at the time I'm dressed like uh, Armand Antonio Banderas from uh, Interview with the Vampire you know as a loving life uh, but as I walked through this section one of the dummies spun back round 
just moved or a figure moved turned round as if to go over oh, and back into position and to the point where i was like all right guys stop messing around who's there nobody was there i saw the figure move i don't know if it was the dummy or it was someone next to the dummy to say i exited that area quickly and straight, luckily there's a fire exit quite close which would take you out to the sunshine and the street you know and all that you know this insanity is you know at, way behind you I literally bolted out there and waited till the next group came through and I wouldn't work in that area again for quite a while because mm. but I have no explanation of it who knows what that was who I, it, I just still don't understand there's lots of other people's had stories of that area so many ghost hunters it's a very you know in it's a I can look back on it now you know at the time I, mean, I could quite dearly massacre tourists but they probably shouldn't say that out loud uh, but um, <laughs> on record <laughs> But, you know, but in retrospect, there's a lot of fun there. I learned a lot. I certainly learned how to deal with hecklers. But I, the thing that scared me the most was that experience. Because something turned around. I don't know what it was, but it was scary. It was very scary. Oh, my God. That's terrifying. That's mm. terrifying. Yeah. Mm. I mean, mm. I'd, I'd, if someone was telling me the story, I would think, oh, that's just, you're just making, you know, you, you just you trick of the mind or you're tired. And, but no, no. Something turned around, definitely you turned around. You saw what you saw. Yeah. Yeah. Out, yeah. Again, out of the corner oh of the eye God. sort of thing. It wasn't like I was directly staring at it, but out of the corner of the eye. But yeah. it was unmistakable. Um, so there we go. I can't explain that at all. Um, I'm, yeah, I don't know what it was. But I, I wouldn't say it was particularly yeah! evil, but it wasn't It wasn't fun. So, yeah, so I did work in that area for quite a long time afterwards. <laughs> So there we go. That was part two. So watch yourself if you go down to the, if you go to the dungeons, look out for the Jack the Ripper. Yes. And if you're going to, if you're going to sing along to the bodyguard, don't. And also because I worked at the dungeons, I know a lot about medieval torture and I will come and find you. So anyway, Oh, that was a bit of a rant for me today. I have to apologise, but it has got me really annoyed. And as a performer, and yeah. as I, you know, like, it, what annoys me most about that is, like, you do realise you're in a theatre of, like, probably a thousand people who have pay, all paid the same amount of money as you. It's not like you're the only one that's paid that money. It, you know, some people paid hundreds of pounds to sit in that theatre and, and to enjoy that experience, enjoy mm-hmm. that show. It might be their, uh, a special treat. It might be an anniversary or, you know, a really important night for people. Do not ruin it for people. It drives me insane. It drives me insane. Anyway, rant over. <laughs> but I know what would fix it. Apart from medieval torture, I know what could fix it. And maybe I would like to uh, put them on a plank and lure them into a, a pond, maybe, full of piranhas, which leads us into our movie for this week. Oh, that was a big segue. <laughs> it was good. It was good, though. So our movie for the week that I bring into the motel is one of my favourites of a modern era. Uh, very similar to Lake Placid last week. Uh, it is Piranha 3D from 2010. Uh, not a particularly yeah. remake of Piranha from 1978, um, but it's certainly very similar. And who's not going to love a Piranha movie? They're just... And these are like... Again, these are like uh, Jurassic Piranha, aren't they? So they're kind of like extra they're not yeah. even the little actual real ones so they're like they're, they're full-on like big scaled now if you haven't seen yeah. um, piranha 3d have you uh, when do you remember seeing it this i think i did see this at the cinema allison did you 
Yes, I saw this. I yeah. saw this at the cinema because I was trying to rack my brain, and I full on remember seeing it at the cinema uh, with some some mates of mine in Toronto. Yeah. D- did yeah. you see it in three D or did you see it in two D? Because I I think I saw no. it in three D. I think it was that spate, I wasn't it? Three D movies. Right. Yeah, I don't think yeah. it really I'm, matters. I'm sad. No, it's still a great film, but it would have been mm. fun because there's a couple of couple of particular moments yes, that I think it would have been fun to have had. Yes. Yeah, the 3D, 3D. experience. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I've, I've got the, yeah. if you're watching the, 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 the video of this, I've got the, the Blu-ray behind me. And I've got the 3D, that's a 3D and the 2D version. And it's got 3D glasses in it, uh, which is the red, and, uh, the red and blue glasses. But then when I put it in the machine uh, to watch it last night, it was, um, it says you need a 3D TV and a 3D um, DVD player. I went, oh, Blu-ray player. And I was like, oh, well, to play the those <laughs> ones, you needed like the dark sunglass type of, you know, the, the the red and blue doesn't work on that. I was like, oh, this is really... Why have you got the 3D glasses in here if that's... Because that's a different type of effect, isn't yeah. it? You know, that's kind of... Like, anyway, it was a bit like, well, it's obviously just a gimmick. <laughs> they must have just put them in just for funsies. Mm. I was like, why is these 3D... Yeah, there oh, you go. Was, there we go. Aww. But it's got a great cast. We've got Elizabeth Shue. Oh, my God. I love Elizabeth Shue so much from, from all sorts of movies. But um, to think suddenly she's suddenly old enough in 2010 to be playing mom. But she's a really kick-ass mom because she looks sensational still. She's still still yeah. now. Yeah, yeah. Now. Uh, but... Um, uh, I think I hope so <laughs> I haven't googled her for a while but the last time I googled a few years ago she looked amazing um, and she's she's playing uh, the, the local sheriff I think uh, and uh, she is uh, so yeah. she does you know a lot of action stuff in this she gets to do the softer side with being mom uh, she had, I think, three children. She has a teenage boy, or old. I, can't, I guess he's about nineteen, isn't he? And um, maybe a bit younger, perhaps. And two little kids. So, um, uh, and yes. uh, Jerry O'Connell is possibly. I think I always smile when I see Jerry in a movie because he, uh, or The Big Bang Theory, or any other show. He, he's, and he's such a great. Uh, one of my favourite things he's done lately. He sends himself up so well. But also, he did a wonderful uh, pop video with uh, Katia from Drag Race, as in Trixie and Katia in, in season seven of Drag Race. And he does her pop, uh, one of her pop videos, and he's just there, in, like a, as a Russian kind of overlord, kind of just literally in like in pants and like a fur coat and boots, and it's just like a cowboy hat, I think, just looking incredible. And I, and he sends himself up magnificently. I've seen him present stuff as well. I think he was doing some of the Wendy Williams shows um, before she... Well, that, that's all got taken off the air now, hasn't it? Um, I, I do... I was a bit late to Wendy Williams, and I do find her back crack crazy. Um, but he's amazing in this movie. And the biggest surprise is Kelly Brook. Now, Kelly Brook was... Um, she was well-known over here for being one of the presenters of The Big Breakfast. So before with uh, Gabby Roslin and Lily uh, Savage and uh, uh, who else was there? It was Denise Van Elton, wasn't it? I think Kelly took over from Denise, which was a bit of a strange casting because Kelly is one of the most beautiful women I've ever seen. I think she's possibly a, a list of three ladies I would turn straight for. <laughs> oh my it's God, su- she's stunning. Stunning. But she's not known no. for being an actress because she certainly wasn't really well known for being a presenter at that point uh, but I think she's great in the movie I think she's great fun she's yeah everybody's but the, the film is very much played at a level of um, 80s horror 
Uh, so it's a yeah. bit like the sleepaway camp kind of level of of, uh, of fun, and it's played quite camp. Uh, they're playing it straight, but the, the, but the, it's it's quite heightened. So I think she fits in really well with it, and she just you know she gets very naked in this movie. As a lot of girls get naked in this movie, I've forgotten how naked. If there's any straight boy listeners that listen to our podcast, I think you're going to enjoy this one. Uh, but oh my god! But this, if you're going to do it, this movie is nothing. You want boobs? You got boobs. This movie is nothing but boobs and blood. It is boobs and blood. In fact, the website Mr. Skin posted the top 10 horror franchises with the most female nude scenes. Here we go. So uh, I found out that this one, Piranha, we have 17 boob shots. 17 boob shots. It feels like a lot Uh, more than that. It feels like Yeah, but it's 17. And, like, they're quality boob shots, everyone. They're, like, full-on, you get boobs in the air, boobs on the ground, boobs jumping, <laughs> boobs in the water, boobs. It's just boobs, nonstop boobs. Uh, and the no- But the number one, you know, the number one horror movie with the most boobs at 77 boob shots. Wow. Witchcraft. Witchcraft has the most oh. boob shots. I'm yeah, not sure I've seen that. I wasn't that. expecting that. I'm not sure I've seen Witchcraft. Me neither. We Maybe might have we to watch put, it. Put just that on to, the list. We'll, yes. We'll do a shot. We'll do a shot every time we see. <laughs> do a shoot. It is a have lot a drink of every time yes. we see boobs. I mean, it yeah. is. So it boob, is boob, set. It's set. The basic plot is. Uh, you know, a crack in uh, at the bottom of a, a lake releases some Jurassic um, piranha. So they're, they're, they're very sort of, you know, piranha on steroids almost. And it happens to be during spring break. So everybody's, that's why it's so much nakedness there. It's kind of not, I, I mean, I, 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 did, I was watching it going, well, I'm not sure how comfortable I, <laughs> I feel about this now. Because it's like 2010 and I'm mentally going like, who was the producer of this movie? Um, you know, a slight, slight panic going like, oh gosh, it's a sunny, just, but I don't feel like anyone's, it doesn't feel exploitative in any more than it, you probably knew what you were going into, if that makes sense. Yeah. It, it, it's kind yeah. of like, if you sign up for this, but I think they cast, and apparently the casting, it's two, it's a two, is it two French guys, isn't it? That's the producers I was watching it, making of, they were, um, they wanted to cast it properly. Uh, Alexandre, Alexandre Aja, I believe. If yes. I said it wrong, yes. I do apologize. I'm not sure either. Yeah, yeah. But they wanted yeah. to cast it, uh, all the extras. So they actually put them through because I think that's one of the nice, nice things about it is that when they're because uh, they've got them to dance and they got them to scream and cry and be in pain, and they got them because they had to get them to dance in the audition because uh, to, 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 it's a big wide shots where they're dancing but there'd be no music so you had to kind of keep in rhythm I suppose to because when you know things are post-dubbed and the, the music will be you know cleared by that point or even you know probably made so you have to kind of just kind of dance along to a, a in, in imaginary music and they had to look scared and they had to like then be like you know and you can see it they are kind of really going for it but when the you know the friends is a friends is a, obviously you know you've got a lot of people dancing around becoming you know sort of pretending to be on spring break and they all get attacked in the water it's not just not like jaws where it's just one or two people it's a lot of people at the same time but they're all really going for it and it looks it's great fun because you're going like well, great, great fun's the right way uh, right word but it, they all look like they're, they really are um uh, acting the socks off which i really love in fact they're not wearing socks because they're mostly yeah. quite naked um but it's it's but glorious at the same time fun. i laughed i laughed <laughs> yes. because i read 
Uh, so Ale- Alexandre Aja, again, sorry if I'm saying it wrong, I apologize. Uh, they, like you said, they auditioned all all the extras. Mm. So every single extra was auditioned. Yeah, what a what a real commitment to the craft. Wait, <laughs> way to go, guys. <laughs> no, no, we need to make sure they're exactly what we need. So we're gonna mm. audition every every girl. I mean, girl, I mean every yeah. background character. So we mm. need you to come in and we need you to jump up and down. We need <laughs> yeah. every every cast member I, to come. In. When I read that, I was like, "Oh, aren't they yeah. committed to mm. their craft, everyone?" Mm. Yeah, on the uh, yeah on the making of they they show quite a lot of the audition tapes, uh, clips, just clips of them, and on the audition tapes on the making of they've put a lot of the guys on there as well. Now I was like, mm, I'm pretty sure. Those guys aren't really featured in the movie. You do see them, but um, but uh, but I was like, but I was like, mm, I think there's probably a lot more videos you're not putting on the making of, isn't there? Uh, they do. They, mm-hmm. Having said that, they they that, those are probably more like uh, like actor actors, uh, and then they were they were good. I think they, they employed models and porn stars to do the naked shots. So they weren't a- yeah, asking. They did. Yeah. asking actresses to do something they wouldn't feel comfortable with. So it's kind of the, they, I think this happens quite a few times around that era. They kind of, if you're going to cast that, you, you cast it with people that are okay with nudity and they're fine with it because they do it all the time. Uh, so I think that's why it probably yeah. doesn't feel quite as exploitative. Um, and I think the blonde girl that's, I've forgotten her name now. Um, she, that's with Kelly. Riley, uh, it is Riley. Um, I just looked her up. I oh, believe it, me too. I know the first yes. name is Riley. Riley Steele. Yeah. Riley Steele. She was, she is straight up porn star. Riley yes, Steele exactly. is a very and, famous, and yeah, beautiful, stunning, absolutely stunning. Oh I yeah. I don't think she speaks most of the movie, but that's probably that's fine. Um, not a single word. Not, not a, a single not word. word. <laughs> no, I don't remember. Don't remember a word coming out of my mouth. Um, but you know, mm-hmm. gorgeous. And and you know, I was looking at it, especially the underwater nude scene between her and Kelly Brook, and I suddenly went, you know what? If you look like that. And it's that time of life. If you know, when you're 80 years old, you're gonna look back and you go, "Yeah, I'm glad I did that because I look freaking and, incredible." And why not? And it is a pretty amazing that that swim scene is pretty. Mm. I mean, look, I, I'm a straight woman, but I gotta tell you, that scene, even for me, I was like, ah. "That's sexually beautiful." Like it's so pretty it's so and beautiful, the, isn't it? the the silhouettes, like it's it's sexy, it's boobs, but it's. Yeah, it's pretty yeah. too. Like it, it's a wonderful. It's it's an amazing look. It's it's boobs in slow motion underwater, guys, and yeah. great boobs. And the ladies are very good. They yeah, had to practice. They had to yes. practice that sequence. I believe yes. two days of practicing that sequence, um, which no, was two amazing. weeks. And in fact, two weeks. They did it for two was weeks. It two apparently. weeks. Two weeks in rehearsals. Yeah, probably on. You might be thinking on set they did it for two days, but like they did it for two weeks in rehearsals because of the. It's, the it was it's to get the breathing because you could only. I think they could. Only they had to hold breaths. their breath for a long like, time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. So, and look, they're elegant and you know, and ethereal, and it's kind of. I think it's not particularly, oh. and it is. It's erotic, but it's kind of. It's very. It, I think it looks so beautifully done, and I think because perhaps they've they've where they filmed it, they've changed the backgrounds. So you're kind of you're very aware of CGI in this movie. I have to say, with the piranhas, oh with yeah, bits of bodies because it's three D. There's a lot of things coming at the camera at certain points, and some of them are real. And then someone when there's when the CGI, you're a bit like oh. And I think because they've they've swapped out the background with when they're doing that, or they've cleaned it up. I think perhaps it looks a bit like kind of cartoony in a way I think so I think it looks lovely 
Um, I think so too. Yeah, I think so too. Uh, they used in this movie too, because I was saying it's nothing but boobs and bloods, uh, <laughs> boobs and blood. Just a, a few, few little interesting facts about the recording of the movie. So, it, uh, over six hundred gallons of blood was used in this movie. Well, fake blood was used in this movie. Um, and it, what is it? The co-star Paul Shear told told MTV when they visited the set, this is going to be the most boobs and blood in any motion picture of all time. Yeah. And it is. The and it is. Of those two and things. it is. It definitely is. Yeah. Pretty amazing. Also, though, we joke about the boobs and blood, but this movie, what I liked about it, too, is if you're a horror fan, this movie actually paid a lot of... Now, it's said differently depending on the country you're in. Right. Homage, which is the UK version. Yeah. Homage, which is the U, uh, US version. And oh. homage is the French I, version. That's I how say you say ho- that word. I say homage, I have to say. Homage, um, yeah. The uh, H, I don't know why I think uh, that, UK yeah. has... Yeah. Homage, yeah. But it pays a yeah. lot of uh, okay. homage to a lot of horror mm. films. Even even the um the type like the outside where you have like the woman, I believe she's laying on a lilo and the piranhas are coming up together. Yes. That is an homage to Jaws. If you remember Jaws, yes. there was a woman swimming in yes. the water. She's in a ring, isn't Jaws she? Is... She's she's sitting in the ring. Yes. I think it, I can't remember if she she gets attacked in Jaws, but but in this, it, she's the first one in the spring break. There's a lovely bit in the making of where they're going. It, they, I was going, why have you got writing across saying spring break? spring fake and I suddenly realised it's like actual footage of real spring breakers and yeah. then they've obviously gone during because just to capture a lot more like you know and then the, the spring fake stuff is probably the more featured artists that they've actually gone and shot themselves yeah. but yes at the start yeah. of, the, of the mania of that frenzied attack it's her in the in yeah. swimming in a ring and you know, they, they start biting her bum and then she's kind of like starts reacting because you think oh she's yeah. going to be the only one or that and everyone will get out and then it's like the casualty list is huge isn't it it's just like every it, it's no insane. one's safe and no I one's believe safe. nine days it took nine days to film that uh, that one scene that is chaos mm. like when when the <laughs> you know when the party when the piranhas come to the party when it becomes a piranha party nine days to film. <laughs> The very beginning of the movie. Ah, yes. Do you remember yes, our little yes, cameo from yes. Mr. Richard Dreyfus? Yes. And he, again, this is homage to uh, Jaws. Yes. So Richard Dreyfus, he is playing a character in the movie called Matt Boyd. We don't really know <laughs> that, but it is a is it a take off of Matt Hooper, which yes. is his Jaws character, and he is literally sitting there. It's like the start of Jaws, but instead of you're going to need a bigger boat. They've put him in a tiny boat. <laughs> yes, uh, I believe yeah. he is singing Show Me the Way Home, which is an awesome Oh, yes, yes, to... yes. Yeah. And then what he's also drinking the attack, a brand of beer. Uh, yeah, which is an amnity beer, which is, again, uh, a little like uh, nod to Chief Brody's famous line. Uh, yes. There's there's so many moments in this in this movie where it's like homage to, to all the other horror movies. So I, as a horror movie fan, loved that because yes. I feel like some people might say, oh, they're ripping it off. I'm like, no, no, no. These are all little no. like hats off. They're hats yeah. off to those uh, movies that have gone before them. And yes. this movie is loaded with them. So if you're a horror fan, y- you will love oh, that. Yes. Um, Jerry O'Connell's character, so he plays basically uh, a guy, and it's like, it's a 
it's he's not supposed to say it, but it is a spoof on Girls Gone Wild. So Girls yes. Gone Wild was like a U.S. show. They'd go get girls drunk. They'd show their boobs, da-da-da. So they called this Wild Wild Girls. And uh, Jerry <laughs> O'Connell, uh, so Girls Gone Wild, the mogul guy was Joe Francis. And Jerry O'Connell was basically playing, or he's not supposed to say it, uh, but he... He's never supposed to say it, but he often says that he was imitating him. But he's supposed to say, I'm allegedly playing uh, Joe Francis because Joe Francis tried to sue them for saying you were giving girls. Yeah, yeah. There was a big couple. Yeah, yeah. So that's why they had to like tiptoe around it. But that's another reason, too, why there's so many boobs, because they literally are like, it's a girls gone wild uh, kind of thing. But he did so such a great job. And then to me, the. iconic scene in the whole film like the scene look we see boobs we see boobs we see boobs but don't you worry ladies we also see (laughs) one cock it is Jerry O'Connell's penis and it gets bitten off by a piranha like you would hope everyone he gets thrown in the water his penis gets bitten off. Uh, two piranhas fight over the penis. One piranha gets it, swims away, comes back, and then burps out part of the penis. So don't worry, guys. There is a penis in there as well. Yeah. It is ridiculous. In the same scene, there's also two uh, uh, boob implants that go floating up. Because oh, my obviously, gosh, it is. Yeah. Yes, I forgot about that yeah. bit. <laughs> yeah. Because oh, Riley, clever, the porn clever. star, dies at the same time. So it's her two boob yes. implants and then the remainders of his penis. That's fl- yes. it's, a, it's a lovely I've, little scene, I everyone. I forgot about that. I must have missed it. Yes, I, forgot, I must have missed it this time. Uh, and also, another it's fact that he is, he is the human predator. You know, he's not in real life, obviously. Yes. But he's, like, but he's playing, uh, he, and he says that. He's the he's on like, land piranha. He's, he's on the land, land piranha. piranha. And then, so it's quite, yeah. you know. But you're still quite rooting for him. I, I, th- I think it's a shame that they have, you know, spoilers here, they... He does. He does die, and so does Kelly Brook. And I think that's a bit of a shame they kill those two off because they would have been brilliant to come back for it for the uh, for the sequel, which I don't think I've ever seen Piranha two three D by it's called. No, um, but uh, they would have been delicious to come back for that. Uh, and also, we um, of course we have uh, Christopher Lloyd as well, uh, from yeah, well everything really, isn't he? Uh, as the the scientific. Um, uh, well, does he know? He owns a local pet shop, come you know, scientist thing. So he's the, the he's yeah. the the person they they run to. Is like we've we've caught one. Elizabeth Shoes caught one in a bucket, and she's like, no, what's this? And he says, well, that that is. and and it's he's it couldn't be more Christopher Lloyd. I think in this performance, if you if you tried, he's giving it full great Scott type of you know sort of. Um, that's the future acting and I love it so he's homaging himself I think in this I, I love it I love it yeah great cameos great cameos but well, more than cameos it's it's more than that but it's uh, yeah that's just genius uh, it's I think the movie set out to be I think it was quite a long time in the making but the, by the time it was up and running they were gonna it's quite a nice budget I think it made a lot of money as well but they, they've setting up as an 80s slasher movie uh, and certainly got that not a, not even just a twinkle in the eye. It's kind of like tongue firmly in cheek, but it's still very real. Yeah. It's still you know you're still going. It's not unbelievably silly, though it is quite silly. But it's it's still you so kind silly. of like you. But in that realm, in that universe, um, yeah. 
do, do you remember if you at the time because I, I, I don't remember it being particularly sexist at the time because I thought it was quite um, <laughs> it, with the movies around this is 2010 so films around it uh, it kind of fitted in with that world but now watching it now I was suddenly like oh I'm not sure this would ever be made now uh, but how what's your take on that Alison well it was 2010 so mm. you know I uh, also look th- this is genre of horror movie this type of horror movie mm. I mean you go into it knowing that it's going to be boobs and blood so yes, odds I mean, are there's going to be yeah. you know and we do we do have the the little the other girl character who like who is tempted to become one of these you yes. know porn yes. actresses but then doesn't so there are a few girl characters that you know but but I guess I kind of put it aside. Uh, yeah. Also, I think if we analyze the majority of movies, they're all sexist. So at yes, the end of the day, I gotta, I gotta, yeah. you know, yeah. And I think I, her, I, know, that, I knew what it was. Yeah, I think, and yeah, yeah, I think yeah. you're right. I think that little. I just wanted to you know, make get your perspective on that yeah. because I think uh, also that character you're just talking about is great. I love the fact you get to see her throw up in 3D as well um, oh, towards so towards good. the camera. And but this also, movie was yeah. the first movie made to be a 3D movie. All other yes. 3D movies ahead of time were made and then turned yes. into. This was filmed with intent of it being a 3D mm. movie. So shots and everything. So this was designed to be a 3D movie, which I think was a lovely aspect of this too. Yeah, um, and it uses it yeah. in a very 1950s way, doesn't it? And I think I, everything that came, because then there's a huge spate of 3D movies and then the 3D TV phase came in as well, which was like, which I thought was the bonkest thing because why would you want to watch EastEnders in 3D uh, at home? It's such an odd thing to do. Uh, you know, as a gimmick, I think it's great. But you know, it's um, I, I do like still like seeing some things in 4D. You know, when you're in those like you know uh, cinema yeah. seats that throw you around. I've seen um, I've seen Rogue One like that, and I've seen what was it, Captain America like that. But it is like being in a car crash. You do feel like you're in a rolling car sometimes, but. Um, uh, yeah. But great fun for those sort of type of but, but special occasions. I do not want want to be watching you know like normal drama in three D at home on TV so much. Um, but this because uh, afterwards you had things like Clash of the Titans that was made you know or then they would go back and three D older movies. It's like oh, okay, calm down now. Um, yeah. Uh, but this is you know full on fishing line at the camera kind of wobbling around type of and obviously oh, yeah. a lot of not of breasts in 3D and the aforementioned penis <laughs> so great so great 3D yes. would you like can I read the taglines for this oh, movie yes, yes, the, the taglines yeah. officially mm. for this movie okay so it was this summer 3D shows its teeth okay that was the first one okay. <laughs> love it love it there's tagline. there's something in the water okay don't scream, just swim. Uh, this summer, how fast can you swim? And then my favorite one, two million years of evolution, one perfect killer. Awesome. Uh, I love all those taglines. great, yeah. great yeah. shot lines. Um, I think I, I was reading quite a few of the uh, like headline reviews of it as well. And everybody, I think, I was quite surprised. I th- it was very successful, this film. But I thought maybe the reviews were going to be quite lambasting it. But everybody kind of was like, no, it's just great fun. It, you know, it's, yeah. it's, it's, you know, it's a guilty pleasure. 
you know, the epitome yes. of guilty pleasure. Now, believe it or not, I do like a, I love a guilty pleasure. And I'm surrounded by thousands of DVDs of guilty pleasures. And I probably am one myself to most people. <laughs> I have a feeling, but anyway. Um, uh, so I think it is the epitome of that. I think it's. Uh, I think it stood the test of time. Still quite well. I think some of the CGI looks a little bit simplistic, but I think it was at the time. I think, but I think a lot of it's made mm-hmm. to. And I think they had a lot of problems with the CG because they CGI because they had. Um, I think they fired a lot of people. And they hired a lot of people. It was all going a bit wrong. And yeah. They they'd completed filming. Not not one frame of CG had been done yet. So um, they. I think that was quite problematic. Um, but it's come off. I think it pulls it off. Uh, so, so the million dollar question, as always, Alison, in our horror motel, where we have many rooms, we have corridors of uh, dark, gloomy corridors leading off to all sorts of adventures and extramarital affairs, probably. Um, uh, so where in the motel would you like to put the movie, enshrine it with all the other films that we've put here? Okay, okay. So... This is a little controversial. I, I hope you'll go with me on this, Bunny. But um, where where am I checking it in? Okay, here's yes. what I thought. I, uh, I okay. So we don't like to talk about this too much, but we do have we do have a competing hotel. Okay, there is another competing mm-hmm. hotel, not too far away, but over by the lake. Now they don't mm. have a pool. We have a pool. They yes. have a lake. Um, it's a very different vibe, though, that hotel, right? We're more uh, homey boutique, whereas I'd say that yes. hotel is more like golf resort, dirty dancing, that kind of vibe. <laughs> so if I can be honest with you, I'm, I'm, checking, <laughs> I'm checking Piranha into the bloody competing uh, hotel because we have just yeah. had the pool filled. A lot of work has been done on our pool, and I, I don't want it wrecked. I don't no. want that much Jaws blood in our is already pool. Yeah, yeah, Jaws is already there. We've, we've got uh, the yeah. crocodile from Lake Placid in the uh, paddling in pool. The, in the kids' pool. Mm-hmm. we got a lot going on, so quite frankly, oh, I don't that. want to deal with the mess. So I'm checking it into our competing hotel, <laughs> even though we're going to lose a little bit of money. I think long-term we're saving. There. That is where I'm checking in. I'm checking. Let them deal with it. They've got a lake. They could put all the piranhas out there. Um, That's a great I just don't want to deal with the mess. No. That's what I'm doing. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah, agree. Quite frankly. I agree. That's a great <laughs> hotels. Thanks. Like, I think that's a great hotel because I, I have noticed that they do do um, Girl Scout uh, canoeing uh, trips there. So I think that's they deserve all they get. So, like, you know, I've bought too many Girl Again, Scout dealing cookies. Dealing with the children. <laughs> I, yeah. I've bought too many cookies. I need to lose some weight. So I think that's the best way to do them. Send the children into the with the canoes into the piranha filled lake. There we go. Like it's getting quite dark yeah. again, isn't it? Um, yeah. <laughs> I'm family friendly, honest. Um, but uh, that is genius. I love that. Uh, what a great way to deal with it. I, think. <laughs> I don't need 600 <laughs> gallons of blood in my pool. We've just filled it, everyone. No thanks. And then there we go. So we've got to get a girl. I think we should start advertising uh, spring break uh, here at the Horror Motel. I think we should get some spring breakers in because you know we have serial killers. You know we have Freddy Krueger. We have the we have Jaws. We have the crocodile. We've got the killer clowns from outer space. We've got all sorts of things popping out of every crevice of this hotel. And um, 
<laughs> and and now an adjoining lake for the piranha. There we go, ladies and gentlemen. So uh, don't forget to come and join us on Patreon if you would like to spend three pounds a month. You can watch me and Alison talk absolute <laughs> crazy stuff and and segue left, right, and centre and tell our life stories and things like that. So come and join us, Alison. When are you back from Canada? Is it going to be much longer? When do we have you back on the shores and back in Manchester where you can keep control of people in theatres? <laughs> yeah, where I can control that singing. Uh, I am back. I believe April twenty sixth is when I'm home. So, yay. Yay, Not everyone. long now, nearly there. Well, I can't wait to get you back. And come and join us again, everybody, at the Horror Motel. <laughs> <laughs>